0: so long, Is in case it doesn't land bang on, good morning on your, uh, whatever your device is. Good morning everyone, how are we all? Welcome to Thursday. Can everyone first of all, first and foremost, send all of their love, all of their thoughts, Nanny Die, you're probably watching right now, to Nanny Dai, um, who I am taking to hospital later today. She's going through some more tests and scans and all things like that, so we I know how, how fond of her you all are. We were going to be doing, we might even still try, depending on how she is, do a little kind of members live catch up um, at her gaff uh, later today or over the weekend for sure. Um, so everyone said, Nanny died a big hug. Yeah, she's, uh, you know, I know these things. I don't think there's necessarily th- anything to worry about, Ma. But of course, you know, as you get older, these things can really unrattle you. They can really unrattle. They unrattle? They can't unrattle you. They really rattle you and unrattle they really unravel and unrattle. So, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, thank you, Amanda Roach. Morning, Faith. Morning, Orla. Morning, Alison Barber. Russ Ouch. Hello, everyone. Now, before we get going today, things got a little bit heated yesterday on the channel. Um, it are in the live chat. Um, not surprisingly, it was pivoting around the Israel Gaza um, crisis, I would call it, because it is a crisis. Um, And unfortunately, I don't want to be naming names or doing anything like that. But what I want to say is this. I took action yesterday against three different people um, and had to remove comments. Didn't block anyone. Had to remove comments because they were verging on um, bullying or were sort of accusatory in a fashion that's not nice, not conducive to open chat um, and shared opinions. However, however, I do have this to say. Um, this is a forum and this is a space and this is a place uh, being of, coming from within an Arabic family where there is quite understandably as there are for many Jewish families and many Israeli families, etc, there is a natural uh, sort of proximity, to one side or the other. That's not, that proximity doesn't mean you don't acknowledge the awfulnesses that have been experienced on both sides, but there is a natural cultural proximity. And I don't think that uh, gets acknowledged in some of the conversations we have here. So what I mean by all of this is this, we talked at great length And on many occasions about the awful events of October the 7th. And I think what's creeping into the dialogue now, maybe maybe part of it is there's a little bit of kind of twitchiness around the fact that the International Court of Justice is tomorrow um, is going to be making a decision on whether what's happening in, in Gaza is, you know, needs to be sort of drawn attention to and that Israel needs to stop what it's doing for potentially genocidal reasons. So, you know, maybe there's a sort of, I don't know, maybe there's an itchiness and a sort of worry and a fear uh, amongst many people who have perhaps supported much of what Israel have done. And there's a sense or a fear or a feeling that potentially um, that verdict could, uh, you know, could in a sense, even though the UK, the US and obviously Israel's allies won't sign up to it. that in the the eyes of many other people in the planet, let's face it, there are many, many other people than just the US and the UK, that that's how it could be could be perceived as that Israel have committed war crimes and and potentially could could be found to have been committing genocidal acts. At the same time, what needs to be stressed here is that Hamas are also, um, you know, under the microscope within that sort of judgment. It's not like, you know, everyone's just pointing the finger at Israel and no one's acknowledging what Hamas did. They are, they absolutely are. We have acknowledged it all the way through. And I think... What we have to be really careful about, and I I say this actually for the mental health of anyone coming onto this live chat who clearly um, sits or feel that they sit uh, in a position that isn't aligned with, to quote, our cause. Our cause is humanitarian. And the suggestion that we haven't perhaps talked in as great detail about the experiences of the hostages If we haven't, and there's a very strong and compelling reason for this, we haven't talked as much as we've often before going live wanted to talk about the microscopic daily continuing uh, atrocities that are happening to countless Palestinians and Gazans. And I think what has to be remembered in the whole discussion here is now the hostage situation is still live because, of course, hostages are still being held. Right. Given. But unfortunately, unfortunately, and this is you have to hear this. Unfortunately, that is the hostage situation summed up. We don't know. We can't get to. We can't access. And that's where that story sits with vast numbers of hostage families and Israelis demanding and wanting their government to enact a ceasefire because they believe it's the best thing for the hostages. Not because they want Hamas to attack Israel. Um, The ceasefire is a ceasefire for both sides. That's what calling for a ceasefire is about. Now, going back to this idea of talking about the hostages, it's, I hate to say this, I hate to say this, because there is a live situation happening at the moment, and the ITV footage that landed yesterday, which suddenly... Because an ITV-sanctioned cameraman—and this isn't to discredit it—it's it's vitally important. It's, a, it's appalling what we've seen. Unfortunately, for people who only receive their news through the mainstream media, and this is yet further proof that the mainstream media is biased, um, this is this is like, oh my God! This is causing outrage and upset. That in fact, the very aspect of this footage that ITV have shown of this poor man who's in a group waving a white flag, waving a white flag who gets shot, the fact that this has suddenly gone, oh my God, it's a war crime and everyone's going, it's mentioned in the House of Commons, all of that is proof of how the mainstream media has not been reporting and has not been allowed to report by Israel anything like this, which social media news outlets or some of the Arab leaning news outlets which because they have the prefix al before them or even the phrase middle eastern i think many people just confuse that and think isis i mean it's astonishing the islamophobia at work as much as the anti-semitism at work so it's a live living daily constant atrocity that's happening Every day, which is why we've arrived at something over over now twenty five thousand uh, deaths over six, and that's a conservative estimate. That's over sixty thousand. I notice we co- forever the mainstream press always caveat the figures of of Palestinian deaths with uh, the Hamas of operated uh, you know health authority, but we would never question, and neither, you know we wouldn't question the number of deaths of Israeli soldiers from that appalling. Um, impact that happened the other day, the explosion that happened the other day. Incidentally, uh, they were rigging also bombs in a building, and there's a lot of question marks over what was actually in that building. So going back to, well, why haven't we we haven't walked through the intricacies and intimacies of the hostage uh, survivors of Return's experiences, because all the mainstream media is doing that for us all and it's awful. And, uh, you know, elements of what they've experienced, which are perhaps not as serious as some would suspect, Israel and the mainstream media have not wanted to report on. And so one the reason one sort of looks at that with a bit of a kind of arched eyebrow and a bit of a kind of, hmm, really, is because one can't fathom where the truth lies, often even in testimonies. This happens on both sides. This isn't one-sided. So the feeling from an Arabic family, essentially, in a mainstream media landscape where all of the hostages, quite rightly, are getting publicity, their stories told, every week, every weekend, we read the Telegraph, you know, read the Mail, it's all, it's all in there, the Times, the Sun, all of the right-leaning press. This is a tiny, this channel, this, these chats are a tiny microscopic weight on the balance, on the scales to just equalize that. So here's my point. If you come onto these live chats knowing all of this, which some people have for years and they know it and you know it, and you say or try to draw, try to suggest that there is a lack of humanity towards Israel and the hostages, it's an absolute lie and a misrepresentation of everything we have painstakingly uh, done across the entire conflict. Everything we've talked about, everything we've approached. We could have gone in so much harder on the atrocities, the footage we've seen and the knowledge we have from our family living right next to, right now, the West Bank. Things are far worse on a day-to-day basis in Palestine, Gaza, West Bank, on a day-to-day basis than anyone's reporting, even us. We pull our punches for fear, not for fear of anyone saying for fear of it becoming too disabling for people to know how absolutely awful it is. We haven't chosen to talk about sheets, bed sheets, full of the parts of children delivered to hospitals and ambulances we haven't chosen to talk about that so forgive us forgive us for acknowledging the trauma and terribleness of what's happened to the hostages but it's it's a fixed it's a fixed entity at the moment there is a solution to that ceasefire get them out because the only hostages that have been got out have been got out with temporary essentially ceasefires so there's a, there's a bit of a connection there that's the call for a ceasefire. And in calling for a ceasefire, this is the quick argument that always comes back, in calling for a ceasefire, that's not the end of it. You don't say ceasefire, everyone put down your arms, oh, then Hamas will attack again. Of course not. Ceasefire and then a negotiated peace rapidly. That's what it, that's what, you know, just because, you know, you can't say ceasefire and then have, it you know, asterisks with appendages saying and then, but of course everyone's saying ceasefire first, and then everything else will, will, will come from that. It's obvious. But we will not tolerate the suggestion that we have in no way acknowledged what has happened for the hostages. It's just simply not true. But what we have also, we also feel the burden of responsibility to acknowledge is the extent to which everyone is choosing to ignore the really, troubling, uncomfortable, and you know what, I don't want it to upset my life, details that we witness on a daily basis. And the footage that ITV has shown, which is causing a bit of a to-do, how are they gonna manage this? This, to us, who've been watching the footage, and many of you too, this is, this is tragic, it's awful but this is symptomatic of a million similar scenarios. The group of schoolchildren encouraged to evacuate a hospital, school children, all of them young women, fired on, fired at the footage that's being removed from social media because it's too arresting. And why, is, why aren't the mainstream media uh, able to report that? Because they're not allowed in. Why not? Because... Israel controls the country. Why are Palestinians upset? Because their country is controlled. It doesn't take genius psychology to understand this stuff, but there is a blind desire to want to trot out the same lines to stymie and stop conversation. So as soon as you talk about the Palestinian problem, what about the hostages? Okay, what about the 25,000 people that have died? What about the bits of children handed to surgeons in bags? We can. I'm going to answer every question with a question, because that's, that's what I've noticed is the trick here. The trick here is, say something awful and a question comes back. Well, you know what? We'll just keep asking questions back too. So we have really, from an Arabic family, where historically, way before October the 7th, there have been many occasions in our family and in our lives and in in amongst the extended family, we have relatives who had to escape from Palestine years and years ago. So don't come at us saying you're not talking about the hostages because there are countless examples of children and women and men imprisoned, shot, abused, assaulted, their homes taken away from them that they just don't get reported about. They don't even get, get talked about. So if you refuse to acknowledge... There was a wonderful stand-up comedian the other day when someone said, but Hamas started this on October the 7th. Well, then you're jumping into Game of Thrones on season four. Doesn't really make sense, Game of Thrones, at season four, if you don't know everything that's come before it. And neither does this. We teach history in schools just theoretically because it's important. So don't come at Nadia especially and say you feel no compassion for the hostages. Don't don't play that passive, don't play that passive aggressive act with any of us, anyone. Because it doesn't just happen on air, it happens everywhere. If you come into this forum and you can't cope with that being our position, don't come into this forum. It's as simple as that. But we will not, on that balance, on that note, we will not tolerate. Yesterday, I removed several comments that were just specifically inaccurate and offensive. It's not about disagreeing, but disagreeing and then accusing someone of being inhuman or lacking humanity. That is gentle aggressivity. That is a passive aggressivity that is not actually, if I'm brutally honest, when I see the comments going up here. and if I missed some yesterday, it was because we we're in passion. We did go back through and I did I timed people out, I deleted people. Get this, get this. This is one of the kindest, most embracing communities I've seen online anywhere, and informed, and educated. This isn't about just saying it's one thing. Only the UK, the US, and a few of Israel's allies, and then, then in those cases, only... The leaders principally believe that this current situation without having a ceasefire is right. The vast majority of people on the planet believe a ceasefire is the most humane thing for the hostages and for the Palestinians. What is inhumane about that? If you're going to pull us up one more time on why did we not talk about the individual experience of the hostages, go to ITV, go to Sky News, go to LBC, go to the Daily Mail, go to the Daily Telegraph, BBC. They're all doing it. Well, and importantly, but we don't see any Palestinian Arabs being talked about in the same way as what's happening to them. So that's where we come in. In a tiny, we're not pretending, and for those of you who are just total assholes, we're not pretending we're big and important in a tiny microscopic way. We're not. But don't make everyone else here on this live feel like by saying what they say about Palestine or about the humanity of the situation, that they're somehow not embracing the the Israeli experience. It's just not true. It's not true. And I'd like to thank a number of people who've left comments in various places, who have said, if you've watched this channel for many years and if you've been following it for many years, you know where we're at. You know who we are. I would go so far as to say that some people who've been with us for so long, who maybe have left now, You've been coming back for what reason? Because you know who we are. So don't pull that card at the last minute. That's my head of sixth form chat, okay? Jenny Allenby, as someone who's worked in Gars with PRCS, thank you. Uh, Joy Clark, I'm really sad you've even had to discuss this, Mark. This channel has always been a safe place to discuss current issues in a very well-balanced way. Love to nads. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You think, or people, some people think, we don't, we're not aware that we come from a sympathetic perspective. We do. We are sympathetic to the Palestinian cause. We have been and were before October the 7th. Doesn't mean we support October the 7th doesn't mean there isn't empathy, sympathy, or compassion for the hostages. But what sticks in the craw is all the people who've died prior to that who've had not even a vague jot of interest in them. So there we go. Just gonna have a coffee. So anyone who asks what about the hostages, I'm just going to say what about the babies delivered to doctors in bags in pieces? Sorry, it's as brutal as that. That's what we have stepped back from. Okay, and we can keep having that cost. It doesn't mean you can't say yeah, ask it. But that's how. That's what. We're, if you can't cope with that, or if it offends you, then just come off the lives. Come off the coffee mornings. Go and watch our as sort of mindless stuff somewhere else. The situation is live and dangerous now in Gaza. That's why our attention is there. And at the moment of the original crisis, our attention was there. We were the first people, I had to say this to a very notable person in the public eye, not recently, quite recently. I said, we were the first people to equate October the 7th, uh, or, or to describe it as... Uh, Israel's very own 9/11. We were we, on social media. I'm not saying in a big way, aggrandizing way, but we were. A, you know, so don't give us that. Don't give us that. Anyway, so yes, the story just quickly because it is is a big news story. It's a war crime. ITV News Gaza clip <coughs> sparks outrage from charities, US officials, and Westminster. It's like, <coughs> unfortunately, tell us something new. But you know, maybe this could be the thing that nudges, though, let's face it, we know that Rishi knows, we know that they all know, we know that the Foreign Office, here's another detail, the Foreign Office, <laughs> the Foreign Office, you know, leaked files or dossiers or, you know, uh, intelligence or, 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 or information from within, wherever it's come from. A Labour MP yesterday was talking in the House of Commons the day before. The Foreign Office has expressed internal concerns about the fact that Israel are probably uh, breaking international law. You know, you, you you can't have this situation. You can't have one rule for me and another set of rules for everyone else in the world without consequence. You can't. And for Rishi to pretend that hitting the Houthis is somehow unrelated, when they have specifically stated that this is related to wanting to stop the the, the siege and bombardment of Gaza, it's just it's just flagrant ignoring of what is happening here. So what does Rishi do? I'd love to be a fly on the wall if Rishi was sat at his desk, chained to his chair, and then shown this footage. What should he do? And I'd really like to know Keir Starmer's opinion on the footage, given that he's a humanitarian lawyer. That would be really, really interesting. What does Keir make of that footage? I'd have thought the humanitarian lawyer, Keir Starmer, when he was asked by Nick Ferrari on LBC about Israel having the right to turn off the water, and he said, yes, it's the, in self-defense, they could turn off the water, you'd have thought he'd have had an intimate understanding of humanitarian law and international law, no? Clearly not, clearly not. Hopeless, absolutely hopeless. Um. What else have we got? Okay, let's, let's move away from this and let's move into lighter, lighter stuff. Um, here we go. Danielle, I have an Israeli family and both sides are in the wrong. War is a lose-lose situation and I hope for peace for everyone. It's a politic destroying everyday lives. Absolutely. I said, what my idea for a, I, you know, I said yes. yesterday, I don't want to go into it exhaustively again, but the only solution, the first step in whatever, <laughs> this is the bit that gets that blows my brain. Little kind of fuses go ping. What is the alternative? And When people say ceasefire, you're saying, that I'm like, what? So will we just carry on killing? Surely there's going to come a point that even Netanyahu will say, all right, that's enough, that's enough. So why don't we get there quicker? So at the point of ceasefire, ceasefire does not mean, ah, my weapons are there, come after me. doesn't mean that. Ceasefire is a controlled ceasefire. You put things down, you get an agreement. If Hamas breaks it, then... The, the whole world comes down hard on Hamas. And then if Israel breaks it, the whole world has to equally come down hard on Israel too. And that's the problem. They're not coming down hard on Israel at all. In a negotiated peace after a ceasefire. I mean, obviously, at some point, they're going to stop filming, uh, film, stop shooting. No one's filming. No one's allowed to bloody film. Apart from, <laughs> apart from Palestinians who are filming it themselves. You know, you can feel it, can't you, in the West when people say, but the, the highest number of journalists have died in any conflict in the world. I can see the editors of the Telegraph and all these papers all sort of sitting there when they hear this news going, well, they're not real journalists, are they? Are they, are they real journalists? The phone running around? Is that, is that real journalism? I'm telling you right now, we are at the epicentre of a resurgence of imperial Western gibberishness. <sighs> God almighty. Who do we vote for, guys? Who are you voting for at the next election? So depressing, isn't it? Anyway, let's move on to something silly. Right, Amanda Holden's daughter's 18th birthday. Let's talk about this. So she, you may have seen, I was going to show it, but I haven't got a streamer. I didn't have time to set it all up. Um, She dances, she does a salt burn routine um, at her daughter's party. Um, and this is, in fact, the story is Lorraine Kelly actually is asks the question, um, God, how must her daughter have felt about that? How would you feel if you were having, you were, you were, it was your eighteenth birthday party, and your mum pops on I don't know, murder on the dance floor and starts to sultrily, sultrily, in a sultry fashion, dance round the dance floor? Now, I, I put a poll on uh, coffee moaning uh, stories: is it cool or is it cringe? They're, Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do, just, just put, I'm not, I mean, look, Amanda Holden's wonderful. She's, cr- she's a cracking woman as well. She's such good fun, but dancing at daughter's birthday like salt burn. I think you'll understand what that means. Is it cringe or cool? I mean, me and Nads, go to great lengths. I mean, I I, I wind the girls up sometimes and, I, you know, if a, a, I don't know, friends are coming or a boy, boys coming that they quite like, whatever, I go, oh, don't worry, I'll just be in the kitchen just juggling oranges and wearing tights. And of course they go, Dad? And I go, no, I won't really. Um, What do we think? Uh, oh, wow, this, it's already coming through as a resounding crunch. Um <laughs> Russ Souch, I think Amanda is a bit of an attention seeker, to be honest. But you know what, Russ? I'm sure you come across them lots at the theatre. Um, um, well... Yeah, a lot of... I think a lot of presentery types are quite, are quite attention-seeking. I don't think all actors are. I think a lot of actors are actually quite quite shoddy. Um, Catherine Cronin, it's a massive ick. I think uh, Anne-Marie Schellar depends what... Her, yeah, good point. Depends exactly what her daughter thought. I wondered, actually, with all of this, Jill Kelly, if all parties are OK with it, then why not? Is this really news? It's not news. It's a bit of fun. Um, <laughs> we've just seen the news. Uh yeah, I'd love it, says Dawny Harvey, though it would be very freaky as mum passed in 2006. Yes, I can see how that would be quite unsettling. Um, Jill Kelly, uh, you've kind of expressed it in saying, don't care. I think if your mum is Amanda, then it's cool. I think it's, you know, uh, yeah, maybe she would have done it. Maybe she would have asked. I mean, you do have to judge it as a parent. I, d- I tell you something that I do find really irritating there, is lots of parents who think it's really cool, without really giving their kids a choice, To get stoned with their kids or to get high with their kids or to get really drunk with their kids. You know, I think you have to allow that to come from your children, right? You've got to, it's got to be your children sort of saying, hey, let's do this. And then it all develops into something. But if you impose it on your kids, because no kid is going to, well, you know, some are. But if you feel close enough to your kid to kind of, in a sense, upstage them at a party, they're not going to feel bold enough to say, mum, would you mind stopping, please? Um... Raspberry, mojito, oh, sending love to Nanny dad That's very kind of you. Uh, Celeste L. MacDonald, while I would have thought it was cringe, the daughter may have loved it. Exactly, we have no way of knowing. We have no way of knowing. And the thing is, when your mum's as cool as Amanda Holden, what not to like? Eh? I think it was fine. I think it was fun. I think so, but anyway, Lorraine Kelly threw a little bit shade of it, saying, "I mean, what she impersonated her, her what her teenage daughter might have been saying, like, I mean, there are times I'm trying to. think. I mean, you know, fortunately, <clears throat> if I was still drinking, I think I would have created cringe moments for my kids, left, right, and center. But actually, I think, um, fact, thankfully, sobriety has made me even more embarrassing in many ways. Sometimes I love pushing." the envelope is that right pushing the boundaries stretching the envelope what is it pushing the envelope or stretching the envelope stretching the envelope for a jiffy bag pushing the envelope for a paper paper envelope uh, okay pianos in public guys tell us what you think of pianos in public uh, faith goodman you know this guy very well this is the story of a guy there's a, uh, a piano that has been donated to st pancras station by elton john they're all over london 84% of you say it's cringe by the way um um, we did watch The Traitors last night. We'll talk about it. Oh, yeah, is it the final one tonight? Is it the final one tonight? Oh, Christ. I'm doing my... I'm doing Thirsty Thursday. Hillary Jones, yeah, Dad... Da- Once there was a rave going on in there and I ran in and did dad dancing. It went down all right because I think I, I think I hit the right moves. I think... When you're a parent and you try to dance... You try to sort of... What's the word? Sabotage a social situation with your own dance or contribution. Um... You have to make sure you've hit the beat. You could kill yourself stone dead if you if you invade a child party or teenager's party or scenario and you hit the wrong beat or you hit the break or you hit the offbeat. Anyway. Mo Power. I think all music in... In, is great in public places. Okay, well, let me tell you what my first response to this was. And actually, I thought, no, that's not that's not very that's not very nice, is it? I love I've got, obviously. I love music. I'm, I, I'm in admiration of musicians. I can't even fathom your skill, Ian, Natasha, all the likes of you. Um, it's it's quite something. My first feeling. I, I always get a, I, Does anyone else share this? You're at, okay. Let me paint the scene. You're at college. Okay, back in the day, you're a bit stoned, you're a bit drunk, whatever. You're kind of chatting about the poems of John Donne. No one understands what you're talking about because no one's interested because they're all doing astrophysics. Um, And someone pulls out a guitar and they pull out the guitar and they start to strum. But then the strumming turns into a song. From the day dot, it's not even like a graduated bead of sweat moment. I flood. I don't know what that film is. Years ago, Is it broadcast news? Was it with William Hurt, where the presenter just... F- I flood with embarrassment. My right armpit, as you know, my right armpit is. All- We're thinking of getting some merchandise, where uh, a top for feeling embarrassed. I and mean, it's just going to be—it's just going to be called right armpit, and it's going to have designed into it a shade for the armpit. What do you think? Do you think it'll go down well? So when you go out, you go. Oh, I've got right armpit. <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's a business idea from. From a moron, I don't know. Anyway, so yes, they're sitting there, they're playing the guitar, strummy, strummy, strummy. No, get get me out of here now. However stoned I am and however much I just want to eat cookies, I need to escape. I can't bear it. So that that's my thing about performing, you know, just doing it in public because I feel it's a bit show-offy, it's a bit kind of aren't I cool? And actually, what is it about? It's just I'm a miserable old bastard who wishes he'd learned an instrument because probably if I could, I'd be doing exactly that. I'd be playing that guitar and embarrassing everyone else. Still giving myself right armpit though. So when I see these pianos when I'm moving around London, I think I don't know who the hell would sit down and feel confident enough and not have all those sort of painstaking embarrassment of sitting down and going, look at me. But this chap does it all the time, apparently, Faith. So, Faith, you've been watching Dr K for ages. He's a YouTuber who plays um, on Elton John's piano at St Pancras. And this is the story of he was filming (coughs) and he caught some Chinese. um, Well, I, you know, originally think I guess he thought they were just Chinese members of the public, but they were allegedly potentially Chinese members of the Chinese Communist Party. And a huge hoo-ha has kicked off with the Chinese group. Uh, threatening to sue him and saying that he'd broken privacy laws and that he shouldn't show this and what have you. And the, the piano's now being cordoned off. They say at St Pancras for repairs, uh, but maybe it's just because, you know. Um, Russ Sauch, um, <laughs> Aaron Bullimore, you need to make that shirt that says, fuck caveats. I love that. I love that. Um, Russ Souch, I watched the video of the man playing the piano and the Chinese group are totally, uh, excuse me, in the wrong... They were causing a problem for no reason at all. The poor bloke didn't do anything wrong. This is what I've heard. I mean, I haven't had a look at it. I've read the story, but I haven't had a look at it. Don't we blur people's faces out in this country, though, when we ask uh, CCP or not? Yeah, I mean, I think people have the right... Well, what do you think about that? I mean, if you're sort of... I mean, we're quite mindful. There was a time years and years ago, I think we filmed at some hotel somewhere and someone got a bit up. You know, yeah, they were very polite about it, but I think they might have been there with someone they shouldn't have been... You know, that's understandable. You don't want to be caught on camera and then it'd be plopped on social media and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And if you look at American shows like Real Housewives and all that stuff, in America, it's such a litigious society. You've got to blur out everyone. Sometimes you can watch someone walking down a street and it's like they're walking through Blursville. Have you noticed that? It's like they're the only thing in focus. Oh my God, this has become this has become a frappuccino. Oh, I've got to wrap up soon because I got right, Mum. Oh, Mum, you're going to be fine. Um, so so yeah, so this is this is as I say, this is the story of the St Pancras piano players' free speech clash with a Chinese group, Um, and it would appear that uh, you know. Should he? You can go to YouTube and watch it. It's a 37 minute film. It's had 6 million uh, uh, views. Uh, he says we have to be able to express ourselves without being hassled by authoritarian figures, particularly when they're from the CCP. I think more umbrage here with the fact that they're members of the Chinese Communist Party, perhaps, than uh, than just members of the public. Um, obviously, if he's got a whole YouTube channel and he's been going for years, he must have had people pass through the back of shop many times, right? Is it always the same piano, Faith? Does he play from the same piano? Dawny Harvey, I only had the option of learning the recorder at school. It's been so useful I had a... Thank you for saying that. That's so all I was given. I saw people doing drums. like, why can't I do the drums? Or why can't I do a piano? Recorder. Fuck that shit. All I ever did with the recorder, I don't know if you did this, Dawny, was try and play it with one nostril. Did you do that? And then you'd hand it to your friend and go, it's salty. Oh, it's gone. I'm losing track of which one I'm drinking. Sorry, that's a great espresso. That is the sign of a good espresso. Mm. London's burning. (laughs) In fact, I might get a recorder and play it with my right nostril. Yeah? Too busy getting stoned on pot, Mark. Absolutely. And finally, this is a weird one. In Alabama, uh, there is a murderer who's going to become, who's on death row, who's going to become the first inmate to be executed with nitrogen. Uh, they've never done it before. This this stri- strikes me as odd. So, a prisoner in Alabama is set to become the first inmate in America to be gassed to death with nitrogen after the U.S. Supreme Court declined to halt his execution. Uh, the reason they're going for this is they they struggle to find a vein to use the whatever the you know the other injected method is. Um, the reason I wanted to mention this was I saw it happen- come up and then I was on it was on the radio as I was coming back this morning and. Um, Uh, they had actually someone someone at the prison or in the prison service in America saying something along the lines of, this has never been done before. We don't even know what effect this could have on the people strapping him in and the people around him. It seems archaic, doesn't it? And just grisly. I mean, it's just... Anyway, so this Alabama murderer is is hoping uh, to appeal and and actually have a stay of execution. But in the meantime, he's going to be the first person killed with nitrogen gas. My God, I mean... Anyway. Okay, guys. Well, there you go. Thanks for sticking with us um, thank you for all your contributions, thank you for listening to the sermon at the front there, um, and have a lovely day, as I say, there will be a Thirsty Thursday tonight, um, I will make sure it's happened, uh, or happens before or after the traitor, so it doesn't clash, um, and, uh, something else will be landing at some point, too. oh, and of course, my Nadia's review of the film that we saw the other night when she placed her ceasefire hands on the red carpet, that will be landing all of us strangers, my god, if you don't If you don't know or like Andrew Scott, the actor, you certainly will do after this film. Okay. All right, guys. Have a lovely day. Stay safe. Bye.